Thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Lord, save my battleship. That's the name of the series we're going to be in together for the next few weeks. And I'm excited about all the Lord is going to accomplish in our time together. It's so good to be back. Sorry I missed you last week. Uh, man, Easter Sunday was tough for me uh, physically. I had become a little bit sick and, and preaching that many services. And I got really sick, eight days of fever uh, that we could not touch with medication. Ultimately, spurred on a couple of ear infections to which uh, my right eardrum ruptured, and, and I have no hearing uh, at all and, and a lot of dizziness. And my left one was on the verge of it, and so I had to rest so that I could at least hear and stand at some point in my life. But I tell you what, over a thousand people joined us for Easter. Many people, a couple dozen, gave their hearts and their lives to Jesus. We baptized many men. Easter Sunday was an incredible Sunday, and God is still bearing fruit. And so it's so good to be back. And, and ladies, how many of y'all had the opportunity to attend the women's conference last night? Let me just apologize to you. Um, I am not Rhonda. Uh, she is one of my favorite speakers on the planet. And, and every time I'm at any event where she's at, I always go after her. And I hate that. She is so good. And uh, she did such an incredible job. The women's conference was so great. Uh, but I just wanted to apologize to you ladies. So go ahead and take a nap. Uh, it'll be over with soon. And uh, just so glad that y'all still came this morning. The game of Battleship, I love it. Played it when I was a kid. And here's the idea, you ready? You set up your board, your console, and you place ships all throughout it. And really the goal of the whole game is just to kind of start throwing out coordinates on the opposing player's board in hopes that you hear this, hit. Now most of the times you're going to hear, ah, that was a miss, that was a miss. But then you start zeroing in and you say the right coordinates. And, and you get a hit, that means a missile hits one of their battleships. And then once you've zeroed in, just a couple more guesses later, you've hit that battleship enough that you hear the words that are coveted in this game of battleship. You sank my battleship. And that's how you go on and you win the game. You go, Anthony, what does battleship have anything to do with church? Well, what does the game of battleship have anything to do with me and my walk with Christ. Well, as a staff, we've been uh, um, in a book that we've loved. It's called Gaining by Losing by Pastor J.D. Greer. And in just a small section, a couple of paragraphs, he described three models of the church in America today. There's the, the cruise ship model. There's the battleship model. And then there's the aircraft carrier Model And after reading that and praying through, and man, I love this study that we've been doing, I thought, you know what, I'm going to take a few weeks out, and we're going to look at these various models of the church and how church is done. And here's what we're going to uncover. You ready? As we do this study together, we're, we're going to uncover God's model, God's mission for his church. And along the way, we're going to pray several times that God seek Models of the church in America today that are unbiblical and unfruitful. Models of the church today that sometimes we have even bought into. And here's the reason why. Because churches, especially in America today, and are struggling with being distracted 
from the real mission of the church. But here's some, here's some facts. Lifeway Research has published that in the next seven years, in the United States of America, over 55,000 churches will close their doors forever. That over the next seven years, the average weekly attendance in churches in America will go from 17% to less than 14%. We know this, that fewer than 20% of the churches in America are growing today. Less than 1% of churches are growing because of people coming to faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And Hey, guys, church, there's a big problem out there. There's a, there's a big problem in the church in America. And the question we begin to ask today is why? Why does this problem exist what is happening? What is going on? And so we begin there today. If you have your Bibles, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. And let me ask you a question as you turn there. How many of you guys have ever suffered for Jesus on a cruise ship before? Any, I, man, I love them. I've been on them. Anybody ever been on a cruise? It's okay to raise your hand. I'm not going to, it's not a catch 22 here. Yeah, me too. I love them. I love them and I miss them. In fact, my first introduction, I was dating my wife Erin, and uh, her dad's a Southern gospel singer, and uh, they uh, they do cruises all the time. I sure hate that for them. Um, they they get to go and get paid to go on a cruise ship, and really it's the life. Um, and so I got to go one time and and got to bunk with my buddy Scotty Inman, and and here's what happens. You ready? They booked the entire boat. These Southern gospel groups, they they booked the entire boat. Bringing tons of preachers and tons of groups. And I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot of fun. A whole lot of fun. Now, what they do is, is they, they close down the gambling and the alcohol, which makes my in-laws really mad. They love their gambling and alcohol. Anyway, um, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but they close all that stuff down, man. And the whole time, you're just on a big Christian boat with Christian preachers, Christian singers, and just Christian people. And it's pretty cool. It's a fun week to be had. But here's the question I have. Is that really what God desires? Is that the model and the mission of the church and what it should look like week in and week out? It was some kind of week. But is that how the church is supposed to live in this cruise ship model? Of ministry. I love a quote in the book that I mentioned to you that we've been reading, uh, Gaining by Losing. And here's what he writes about this cruise ship model of the church. He says this Some Christians see the church as a cruise liner, offering Christian luxuries for the whole family, such as sports and entertainment, childcare services, business networking. They show up at church asking only, Can this church improve my religious quality of life? Does the pastor preach funny sermons, time-conscious sermons that meet my felt needs? Do I like the music? It goes on, he says this, and if that church ever ceases to cater to preferences, well, you know what's amazing? There's plenty other cruise ships in the harbor for us to choose from. And I got to thinking, is that really the picture 
of the church Jesus died to save. That Jesus labors to love. That Jesus wants to empower, to engage in his mission to save the world. Is that really the picture of the church's cruise ship month? Now, I want you to consider the largest cruise ship in the world. At over 227,000 tons, it's the Royal Caribbean's Harmony of the Seas. Nearly 1,200 feet long, 218 feet wide. It is 165 feet taller than the Eiffel Tower. It can host over 6,400 guests in over 2,700 staterooms. Every passenger has a GPS tracker just in case they get lost on board. There are four 7,500 horsepower thrusters to push this incredible cruise liner along. And here's the catch. You ready? And all of that is for you. All of that is for you and for me. Because here's what we know about cruise liners. Here's some few characteristics of a cruise ship. You ready? Cruise ships are consumer-driven. They are consumer-driven, meaning this. They do everything in their mentality and their work ethic to get people on their boat. And what's there? To do everything they can to keep people coming back to their boat. Cruise ships not only are consumer-driven, but, but here's where they're, they're really good at. You ready? Man, they're really good at catering to you, to me. They're really good at, at catering from luxurious spas to incredible excursions, top-notch accommodations. And, and by the way, the food, man, it's good. Man, they cater to every bit of your needs. And here's one characteristic about a cruise ship you ought to know, is that everything is centered on you. On cruise ships, you matter most. Your happiness is priority number one. Now you can kind of see why cruise ships are, are so popular. Why the governor of Florida is suing to have them back in service, can't you? They're centered around you. Here's what I want us to consider in the word this morning. I want us to take a look at Paul's final charge to Timothy, his protege, this relationship of 20 years. And I want you to begin to see how Paul warns against what we've entitled today this cruise ship type mentality invading the church, invading our hearts and our minds. Listen to what he writes here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who, by the way, Timothy, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearances coming in his kingdom. I, I love this real quick. Paul's saying this, I'm going to charge you, but this isn't man and man right here. This isn't between us. This is between man and God. Hey, hey Timothy, what I'm fixing to charge you with is between you and God, and here's what he says, preach the word. Preach the word. And he goes on and says this, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience. 
and careful instructions. Hey, note what Paul didn't say to Timothy in his charge. He didn't say, Timothy, preach your words. He said, Timothy, preach the word. Just a few passages back, we understand why it is that Paul charges him to preach the word of God because in 2 Timothy 3.16, we're reminded that all scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching and rebuking, correcting, and training in all righteousness. I love what the old preacher Charles Spurgeon once said. He said this, hey, don't go where it's all fine music, grand talk, and beautiful architecture. Go where the gospel is preached. He said, and go often. And go often. Preach the word. Paul challenges Timothy. Remember this about the word of God, church. It corrects us when we are in error. It rebukes us when we find ourselves in rebellion. And it encourages and empowers us to follow Jesus. And trust me, this whole talk of in season and out of season We are in a time today in our culture where the preaching of the word of God is out of season. That's not out of season for me. More than likely, for most of us in here, it is very much in season. But outside of this building, the charge to preach the word finds itself sadly, tragically, out of season. Preach the word, he writes. Alcibiades used to say this of Socrates. Socrates, I hate you because every time I meet you, you make me see what I am. You know what's amazing about the word of God? Whether it's in season or or, or out of season, the word of God compels a man, a woman, to see themselves As they truly are. Hey, listen, by the way, nobody likes correction inherently. Nobody likes rebuking naturally. None of us like being corrected. None of us like being rebuked. But I want you to hear me. When we engage in the Word of God, when we preach the Word, and there's good interaction with the Word of God, it always rubs against our sin nature. And by the way, that's a good thing. That's a God thing because it's a reminder, it's a sign that God is at work in the life of a believer. But but nowadays, people don't want challenge. They don't want to rub against their sin nature. They, They don't want any thought contrary to their felt needs. Look at this in verse 3. For the time will come, the Bible says, when the people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth, the Bible says, and they'll turn aside, watch this, to myths. You ready? Paul warns of a season, even in the church, where everything's about me. Everything's about my wants, my desires. You know what I call this season? The cruise 
ship season of life. And in America, we see that alive and well today. You see, Paul writes a sound doctrine. Sound doctrine being that which is truth, that is established, sourced, and celebrated in the Word of God. But I want you to hear me, such sound doctrine is becoming lost in the church today. Sound doctrine such as Jesus is the only way to the Father. Sound doctrine that sin is sin no matter how widely accepted or celebrated in culture it is. As Augustine of Hippo would write, wrong is wrong even if everyone is doing it, and right and right, right is right even if no one is doing it. Sound doctrine such as the reality of hell being the future reality of those who die apart from Christ. Sound doctrine that marriage is the covenant committed relationship between one man and one woman for life. That our gender is assigned by God to his glory and our good. That every life from the womb to the tomb is valuable because every person bears the image of God. Church, sound doctrine such as this, this truth from God's word, finds itself under attack in this season in our country. They are out of season. And you know what you think, man, I, I tell you what, if we were to take a poll, I'm pretty sure most of us are tired of cancel culture. It's annoying. And it's going to consume everybody it touches. A culture and a community where there's no forgiveness allowed. No grace. But church, as much as we decry cancel culture, hear me, cancel culture is very much alive and well in the church today. Cancel culture is as much alive and well inside the church as it is outside of the church. Man, I want to I challenge you, churches. Paul charges Timothy, don't shun sound doctrine. Embrace it. Cherish it. Love it. Understand it. And stand on it. Those who have bought into the cruise ship mentality in the church want preaching that just makes them feel good. They want to laugh, maybe cry at times, but never offend me or my lifestyle. And Paul warns against such a mentality. And hear me, trust me, those who are wanting nothing to do with sound doctrine, man, there's plenty of people out there they can turn to to say whatever they want them to say, to affirm whatever they want to be affirmed. I guess I'm on a Spurgeon kick, but I love what he said one time. A time will come when instead of shepherds feeding the sheep, the church will have clowns entertaining the goats. There will come a time where people don't want to hear sound doctrine. And we see Paul's warning here to Timothy. And here's what that looks like fleshed out. You ready? Number one, church is not about entertaining people, but equipping, empowering believers to engage in God's mission to save the world. I was in Brazil at Hard Rock Cafe there, and I noticed a sign on the wall that just simply said, save the world. And I thought, man, Hard Rock gets it, but they're not the ones who can do it. Jesus alone can. 
Oh, to God, the church will never become a time where we come to be entertained, but to be empowered and equipped to engage in God's mission to save the world. Here's the second thing. You ready? Church is not about pleasing people. It's about pleasing God. I remember Peter, as he would write in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, as he would speak, he said this, that we must obey God rather than man. I'm going to tell you something, church. It is time that we stand on the conviction as a church that we are going to obey God and not man. And not man. Church isn't about me. It's about Jesus. Church isn't about you. It's about him. And here's the bottom line, church. The church is not some type of cruise liner for saints. It is a critical launching pad, sending believers into a world in desperate need of the gospel and the hope of Jesus Christ. And so maybe this ought to be our prayer today. God, would you sink my cruise ship? God, would you sink the cruise ship mentality in me and sear into my heart and into my mind your mission for me, your church? I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 16 that Jesus takes this long journey to Caesarea Philippi with his disciples. And I've driven that journey. It's, man, it's a, it's a journey in and of itself. And it was there that he would look at his disciples and the pantheon of gods that were celebrated, and he would say, hey, listen, who do people say that I am? And they would go through the litany of how people viewed him as a prophet or, or so on and so forth. But Jesus then zeroed in on his disciples and said, hey, listen, I, I don't care what everybody else thinks. Who do you say that I am? And Peter stands in Matthew chapter 16 and says this, that you are Christ, son of the living God. And Jesus responds to him this way, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Hey, can I remind you of something today, church? The gates of hell will not overcome his church, but the gates of hell can easily overwhelm a cruise ship. The gates of hell can easily take down a cruise ship. I love this promise of Christ based upon the foundational truth that Peter spoke. that He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said this, that I will build my church. I will build my church. Now listen, know what he didn't say. I will build my cruise line. I will build my church. And hey, can I just remind you this morning that the church is not a building but a body. Not a program but a people, not an organization, but an organism made alive in Jesus 
Christ. Jesus said, I'll build you. I will build my church. And so you and I must combat this cruise ship mentality that is seeping its way into the church in America today. So here's what we do. You ready? Instead of being consumer-driven, rather we are consumed by God's mission for his church. We're not about building audiences, but about building armies, armed with the gospel, advancing his kingdom of light against the kingdom of darkness. Hey, instead of catering to people, as a church, we must create an atmosphere, an environment where believers serve Christ and labor in love for those who are lost. And we must, as believers, be sent. And by the way, instead of being the center of attention, where our happiness is priority number one in church, Jesus must be at the center of every song. Every message, every act of generosity, every bit of giving, every act of service in the life of this church. Now listen, don't miss this and think this whole sermon's about not going on cruise ships anymore. The next chance I get, I'm going on one. I love those things. I'm not preaching against cruise ships. This morning, we are uncovering this call of the church not to carry a cruise ship mentality into these walls, into our hearts, but rather this prayer, God, would you sink my cruise ship? You know what's amazing? I've been on these big ships before, and all the water in the world can't sink a cruise ship unless the water gets inside. Throw all the water in the world at a cruise ship. You won't sink it. But you let the water begin to get inside that cruise ship, and you can sink it. And here's what my prayer is, is that the water isn't getting inside of us. That this cruise ship mentality is not beginning to seep in to where church becomes about us. We're priority number one. Cater to me. Or I'll find another cruise ship to board. Don't let the cruise ship mentality creep in. Rather pray God sink it in me. I came across... One of these, uh, I don't know if you can really tell this picture here, but this is the MS World Discoverer. Back in 2000, near the Solomon Islands, this cruise ship hit an uncharted reef in the water. And what you're seeing is an aerial picture of the MS World Discoverer as it lay abandoned because when it hit that reef, water became in and everyone abandoned ship. This happened in 2000, and this ship still sits partially submerged in the water off the Solomon Islands. And here's a better picture of that cruise ship right now. I want you to take a, a hard look at that picture if you would. Because you know what this is? This is a picture 
of the church. Remember, I'm not talking about a building, an organization, or a program, but a body of people, an organism made alive. This is a picture spiritually of what happens to you, the church, to me, the church. When we become consumer-driven, when we begin to cater to people, and when church becomes centered on anyone but Jesus. You know what's amazing about that cruise ship? It's no good to anybody. No good to anybody. Behind me, we had a little map commission here. And, and this is a picture, by and large, of Sevier County. And, uh, and we kind of plotted where Connect Church is. And amazingly, here at the Ridge um, Outdoor Resort, we are smack dab in the middle of Sevier County. Pretty good placement by God of a church. What's amazing is in Sevier County, our population is nearing 100,000 people. Uh, the expectations in the years ahead, uh, thanks to some poorly run states, this, this is going to explode. Our population. In fact, what's amazing, there's 100,000 inhabitants in Sevier County. This weekend alone, there were 6.8 billion people here. Um, I don't know if y'all noticed that on the, on the roads. And to the person who gave up our back roads, to all those six point, I will find you. Anyway, um, we had this commission. We're going to do a lot of interaction with this map over the next couple of weeks. But today, I wanted to remind you of this. That if Connect Church, if we're going to adopt the cruise ship mentality for the church, let me tell you something. Where we are centrally located, our church looks exactly like this ship. If that's the route we're going to go, if that's the way we're going to get it done, what's amazing is, is this church, this body of believers will never impact anyone outside of these walls. In fact, I would argue, if I start preaching for you, if I start catering to your needs, if, if I begin to come to a place where you're the center of all the attention here at Connect Church, I would argue that no one's going to be impacted inside of these walls either. And all will be is a place that might Attract people, maybe another destination in Sevier County, but we'll never see disciples made. Hey, we might fill seats and have an audience, but an army will never be launched from this place armed with the gospel. Church, hear me. We need to begin to pray now together that God would sink the cruise ship mentality that has seeped into so many churches, so many hearts and minds of believers. Because I'll tell you this, I think God has put Connect Church right here in the center of it all to lock arms with other great churches in our community to reach all of the 100,000 people who live within this county with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And we will never do that as a cruise ship. We can only do it as his church. I ran across a letter, and I'm going to close with this. 
some time ago of an 18-year-old girl in Washington State who had visited a church just three blocks down from her home. And she had attended that church for the first time in her life, though she lived three blocks away from that church her entire life. Well, on the following Tuesday, after the Sunday she visited, she wrote the pastor and the church a letter. And I have a copy of that, and I'd like to read it to you. She writes this, last Sunday I attended your church, and I heard the preacher, now listen to me, this lost young lady who'd never been to church listens better than most church members. L listen how good she's got this message down. I heard your preacher. In the sermon, the preacher said that all men have sinned and rebelled against God. Because of their rebellion and disobedience, they all face eternal damnation and separation from God. But then he also said God loves man and sent his son Jesus Christ into the world to redeem men from their sin and all those who believe in him would go to heaven and live with God eternally. Man, I'll tell you what, she took good notes that day. But she goes on and writes, my parents recently died in rapid succession. I know for a fact that they did not believe in Jesus Christ whom you call the Savior of the world. If what you believe is true, she writes, they are damned. You compel me to believe that either the message is true and that you yourself don't believe this message or that you don't care. You see, we live only three blocks from your church and no one has ever told us. No one has ever told us. You know, that young lady didn't live three blocks away from a church. She lived three blocks away from a cruise ship. It lost its focus on the mission before it. That ceased to become a church and to care of the things that God cares about most. And they were sunk. And a young lady three blocks away from the church, her parents had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hey, church, can I challenge you? Don't settle for being a cruise ship. Set your sight on being his church. You are his church. I am his church. And our mission is far bigger than just us. God has planted us here for so much more. Let's pray together, can we? Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.